What's your favorite? Don't. God, that's awful. Favorite? Awful. Awful. Your favorite film is awful. Welcome to Our Favourite Film is Awful, the weekly podcast where we invite guests on to defend their favourite films against negative reviews. As always, I'm your host, Luke, greatest guy in the world, saviour of the people, champion of the guys, <laughs> all this good stuff, stop laughing, you're always laughing. Why do you keep laughing? Come on, Charles. Charlie. Charlie, who is here? Hello, Charlie. How are you? I'm, uh... Constipated? <laughs> Magic! Oh, got it out. That's all. <laughs> Oh, it's not worth it. I was trying to think of something else to say. I just can't stop being magic. Nah, you are a magical being. Yeah. You've been up to much? Um, yeah, been all right. Been up to a few things. I uh, struggled to get my Endgame tickets on release. Yeah. Um, the sites were crashing. There was free group chats, all looking for tickets at the same time. <laughs> um, was it the same group of people in the chats? Um... No. <laughs> yeah. So that was a yes. <laughs> and yeah, the sites were crashing for all of us. And one of my friends was in the bath at the time. So he decided to jump out the bath, quickly put some clothes on, which I assume were just like, I don't know, pajamas probably. I don't know. And he, uh, he ran to the IMAX in Wallu. And uh, <laughs> he, he, he got us some tickets. And, oh, that's, um, that's very nice of him. So yeah, we, uh, we've all got tickets now for the IMAX. IMAX? Oh, nice. What time? For midnight? Yeah, about that. So they were sold out. Uh, okay, so makes sense. The site crashed. So yeah, what so time? we're going at 4am. 4am. <laughs> and it's like a three-hour film yeah, yeah. plus adverts. Plus, so plus I got work in the morning. And you have work. What yeah. time do you start work? Uh, well, the prayers were... I don't know where I'm going to end up after Endgame. Mm, makes sense. Hopefully in the clouds. But I'd have to be up for like seven Dude, I don't think well, you'll film have to be finishing <laughs> until 7. So I might have to take the day off. I'm going to have to if, take the day off. I'm going to book it off. I'm going to use, yeah. use my holiday. How on. So it starts at 4, 3 hours at 7, plus yeah. afterwards and trailers. That's half 7, plus time yeah. to get there. So half 8. If you start at 9, you need to finish the film, have half an hour chat, <laughs> and then get on bus or train. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to book the day off. I might book two days off. Just right. like see <laughs> it again, depending on how the ending goes. Uh, real quick, don't. Don't your work colleagues listen to this podcast? Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm going to put the day off, though. Okay. Go okay. For, I've, already, I've already spoke to him. I need to speak to my boss, though. Say, okay. uh, <laughs> can I book the day off today? The whole holiday? I, I think you should speak to it's him a holiday, before isn't it? this comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm definitely yeah, going to do sense. that. That's a good idea, actually, yeah. <laughs> you don't want the case, first time they hear about it. I better tell my boss to listen to it just yet. Because he'd be like, why are you taking the day, the day off, Charlie? Um, uh, no, no, you just go... Uh, I need to book a day off. And they go, why? Like, Just listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Just slide the piece of paper across the thing and be like, let me have the day They off. come back next to they're like, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, as lovely as that was, this this isn't the Charlie show. It's, it isn't? No, I'm sorry. It's not the guest show either. It's, it's your favourite film is awful show. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. who is the guest whose film is awful? The guest I brought today is named after a famous singer. Mr. Jamie T. <laughs> His name is Jamie. No, Jamie. Uh, Jamie. Yeah, he's a filmmaker, and uh, he's good all-round good fella. Yeah. Hello. Say hello, Jamie. Uh, well, um, yeah, I'm fantastic. You know, great to be here. Charlie didn't let me know a lot about this before 
sort of just messaged me saying they're all liars a lot of them no <laughs> just messaged me saying um you know could you want to come around sort of thing and ah. then there's like microphone set up on like, what's going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah fair. Well, that's, in fairness uh, i think you're the most knowledgeable of what's happening yeah <laughs> what's the others are just pulled off the street i don't know yeah. <laughs> you don't even know yeah. no uh the last one was literally oh your name is bag so you're coming <laughs> on the show yeah yeah we know no no he's nan's name was bag and bag that's why we brought up the show not for him don't be silly (laughs) some people didn't some people didn't quite get it but they don't get i think it was yeah if if you're not from south london maybe i don't know you don't quite it's like and bag that's the it's handbag just to let let people know (laughs) just in case just to just to phone the joke in even more (laughs) um rub it down your throat really jamie yeah what's your favorite film so my favorite film um (laughs) Is Memento. Memento! Film, oh, yeah. Okay, um, and for those listening at home who haven't seen Memento, what is that film about? Well, first off, it's a fantastic film. Anyone that hasn't seen it should see it. Wasn't the question. Yeah, but, but, no, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it follows a man called Leonard, and basically he suffers from short-term memory loss due to an accident, and you follow him as he tries to investigate the killer and find the killer who raped and killed his wife but obviously this proves a struggle due to his condition he can only remember things in very short spells i'm talking like four minutes after that he like wipes like he goes back to the accident of when they broke in and raped and killed his wife so yeah we follow him try to find this uh john g fellow that's all we know about him damn okay cool. sounds yeah. good that yeah. sounds fun well, not fun, but no, oh, like yeah. you've seen interesting. It, but... <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I was happy and chatting. Yeah. No, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting concept. Early Nolan film as well. Early yeah. Nolan uh, film. It's actually his second feature film. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. First in Hollywood. Um, film that put him on the map, I guess. Yeah, yeah literally. Mm. Like from this, this is where this is where it comes from. I don't think a lot of people, like obviously film people, would know that, but I think a lot of other people wouldn't know if you said name a Christopher Nolan film. Batman. Inception, Batman. Yeah. I don't think they would. No, there's not many that would say Memento. Memento. Even though I feel like I could maybe make an argument that it might be his best. I think. And I'm sure you yeah. will make that argument we'll within this episode. <laughs> but first off, yeah. terribly sorry. Memento is awful. Well, every week, I, keep yeah, every hope that I know you, you keep thinking I'm, I'm going to change. Yeah, one day that, you might turn around and go, "No, it's actually quite <laughs> good." Just I think. Yeah. And that will be the episode where. It's Batman v Superman, and you're sitting in the corner <laughs> crying. That's what's going to happen. Also, I can sum up the plot oh God, much okay. quicker than, than, did. than you did. Yeah. Because Elizabeth, who gave this film one star, yeah. summed it up as, this is just a spooky 51st dates. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, memory, I mean, it yeah. is. Um, um, yeah, I mean... I'd, I mean, I've got to disagree, obviously, but... Um, well, you're going to disagree that this Christopher Nolan film is not, not the same as an Adam Sandler uh, vehicle? Like, <laughs> crappy Adam Sandler film. No, um, <laughs> How dare you insult yeah. Adam Sandler? <laughs> that is somebody's favourite film. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I get the memory part. I get what Liz is trying to go for, but... I mean, there's not so much of a love intro. I mean, this is... There's no means this is not a fun film at all, by the way. You, this in the, like, you get films that you can sit down and just like eat popcorn while you watch it. This is not one of them. No. This one like messes with you after. But yeah. But yeah. She tried, Liz tried, but yeah, I don't agree. Although yeah, I mean, I guess Guy Pierce's performance has nothing on Adam Sandler. Oh yeah, not um, obviously. But not. Um, 
yeah, I guess, you know, she's trying to make a joke. She's being very funny here, you know, she's being witty. But I don't think it's in the same, the same <laughs> league. Same so, yeah, no. not really. Just no. kind of the, the base uh, concept. <laughs> yeah, similar enough. Yeah, do you reckon that's how they pitched? Nolan pitched it. He was like, right, Memento. So, you know, fifty right, first dates. I don't, even I don't know, know if it's out yet. It's not even out you yet. Know that <laughs> you know, it's gonna come out of Adam Sandler. Sold. Right. Yeah. Done. Money. There, there you go. go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so slightly more professional one. Yeah. Stanley Kaufman. Nolan uses the structure simply as a gimmick to refresh a stale story of revenge, crime, sex, a film noir that never gets any darker than Gris. Okay. It's a bit different to the last review, but... Just a little bit different. Right. First off, I think that this sort of technique with messing with the structure of the narrative is used quite a lot in films. But this is one of the ones that... I think you can say it's not used as a gimmick at all. Like the way that this story is told and the way Nolan set this out is set out completely on purpose to try and make you go through the sort of thought process that the main character is going through. Because if this story was told in a completely linear way, then you would find it quite boring. Like, cause he would look like a complete idiot throughout the whole thing a little mm. bit. But the way that you are told it, it's a constant mystery to you as much as it's mystery to him. Because you don't know what's just happened. Like, he doesn't know what's just happened. You're to getting told this in complete reverse. So I don't think this is a gimmick at all. I think that this is the way that the story had to be told for the film to be so good. And that's why I think it's so good. Because I don't think I've ever seen a film use this technique to such a use that this film has. It serves the character as well. Like yeah. like um, Jamie just said, like he's got short-term memory loss. And the best way that Nolan showed this to us was through showing the plot backwards, but also forwards at the same time mm. um, with the black and white stuff and it puts you in his yeah. position you're like you know just as much as he knows like Jamie said and through that you're figuring it out with him and you're just as confused as he is and it creates that sort of noir thriller it really brings something fresh I feel like to this, yeah personally I mean this guy what was the, uh, his main point again he said about does it bring anything new didn't he say yeah it doesn't bring it's just uh, the same uh, Nolan uses the structure simply as a gimmick to refresh a stale story of revenge crime sex a film noir that never gets darker than Gris yeah because I really don't think he's a gimmick at all no. like we said already like, the yeah. character I think it really does serve the character like I do think sometimes people can chuck you back and forth sometimes and it can be a bit of a gimmick and not necessarily necessary, if that makes sense. Yeah. Sometimes, like like this and like a film called Irreversible, does yeah. the same similar sort of thing where it's a film that starts at the and then goes backwards. And that film, the way the, the shocks come out and the film is revealed is best told through that way. And this is the same with Memento. Like, you wouldn't be on your edge of your seat like you are for every bit as much because yeah. with the scene it's just, I think it's like wonderfully crafted no, um, it's, it's a great thriller I, like. I have no idea like how they no. I mean it's so like complex narrative I think it's really uh, super smart but yeah this next one is from Michael Skaga Memento is the film school gimmick movie of the moment its anti-hero is a brain damaged man who can't create new memories his mind can hold only 10 or 15 minutes of reality at a time and that's about how long this picture stays with you. Despite his affliction, Leonard Shelby tries to track down and kill the culprit who clubbed him and raped and murdered his wife. He uses a system of tattoos and Polaroid Snapchats to retain short-term experiences, extend his investigation, and exact revenge. 
The result is a ridiculously high-toned and cold-blooded murder movie. It starts with Leonard killing the bad guy, then recreates steps leading up to the crime. The director, Christopher Nolan, tells the story backwards in order to put an audience inside Leonard's sieve-like brain pan. Like Leonard, viewers have no memories of the characters they meet at the climactic turns of the melodrama. As new information comes in via a cascade of flashbacks, we get to judge the truth of the facts Leonard etches on his body and the labels he puts on the Polaroids. Is this a brain teaser or a thumb twiddler? Since the director controls the flow of information and meters out clues according to how well his anti-hero gathers them, all he tests is our patient spans. Nolan shows the same scenes in umpteen repetitions, adding to them only incrementally. And Leonard caves in psychologically the one time a character presents a story that runs counter to his own master narrative. This is the kind of movie that gas bag instructors use to illustrate the concept that one man's reality is another's fiction. But it's puny stuff compared to Kurosawa's Rashomon, or one of those political mosaics by Francis Rossi. It isn't in the league of John Borman's Point Blank or Brian Singer's The Usual Suspects, fractured crime films that charter existential odysseys en route to surprise wrap-ups. The dramatic content in Memento is as blank as Leonard's post-traumatic mental state. The only two supporting characters are figures out of film noir for dummies, the seedy, overly integrated helpmate and the harsh, cryptic barmaid. The clubbing of Leonard and the assault of his wife recall those weary, wife-killing flashbacks in the Harrison Ford version of The Fugitive. Indeed, though no highbrow journal will admit it, Memento is nothing more than an art house cousin to the fugitive, down to the lunatic improbabilities. Just as Ford was both a supermedic and a Tarzan-like He-Man, Pierce's Leonard, a by-the-book bureaucrat, turns out to be a first-rate killer. Pierce proved he could be charismatically steely as the goody-goody cop in L.A. Confidential, but director Nolan straightjackets him. Leonard says he remembers his past as an insurance investigator and the home life he led until the murder. But the film doesn't divulge much of it. Nolan doesn't root Leonard's obsession in his love for his wife, who wouldn't register at all were it not for Georgia Fox's distinct presence in the role. Only Stephen Tobolsky as a sweet-tempered fellow named Sammy with the same disorder Leonard has and Harriet Sansom Harris as his wife generate any warmth. There's pathos to Sammy's story. Leonard denied his insurance claim and ended up sabotaging his marriage in the worst possible way. That pathos should rub off on Leonard's tale of woe, but it doesn't. Leonard's memory is no stick and his soul is Teflon too. Why is Memento useful even as a film school gimmick movie? only because it illustrates the art of continuity, matching scenes so that they fit shot to shot, no matter how discontinuously they are filmed or put together. 
The way I read the credits, the one who deserves a cheer and a half is the fellow in charge of continuity, the script supervisor. Nolan got the best script prize at Sundance for adapting his brother Jonathan's short story. But the guy who deserves to take a bow is Steve Girk. Right, okay. Not a lot to unpack. Yeah, he, he rambled on quite a lot. But I feel like, I mean, I disagree with a lot of what he said. The things that I picked up on a lot is he spoke about the um, two side characters. Natalie, the sort of, at one point you think romantic interest a little bit in it, the main female role in the film. And then uh, Teddy as well, the guy that plays Teddy. Joe. Oh, Joe Pantolino. Yeah. He's brilliant. He's yeah, like he's brilliant. such a great character actor. He's always like this kind of seedy guy. I never trust him when he's in a movie. <laughs> he's great, but yeah, go on. So, um, yeah, in that review, he spoke about those two characters. And I feel like those two characters are, are really strong, especially Natalie's character. I feel like her arc in this film is like amazing because she starts off, you feel like sorry for her. And... Then she turns on him with that whole making him beat her up scene. And then you think that she's a bit of a dick. Oh, but, yeah, then, but then by the end, you feel you know why she's doing this to him. Because he, he killed mm, yeah. he killed her boyfriend. So I mean like she you then suddenly come back up and you feel sorry. You like, okay, I can understand why you did that. So I feel like her arc throughout it is really strong. And throughout it, she's one of the only characters if you watch the film, she's the only character that actually calls him Leonard. A lot of people, they always keep calling him Lenny to start mm. with. She's the only one that from the start always calls him Leonard. And he says he hated being yeah, called Yeah, he Lenny. hates being called Lenny and everyone else always does it. And she's the only one that doesn't. Mm. So you see that he automatically trusts her. So she really helps him throughout the film and then sort of fucks him over. But he doesn't even know that she's fucked him over. And Guy Pierce's character, Leonard, throughout the whole film, he's quite paranoid of everyone. And Natalie is one of the only people that I feel like he trusts throughout the whole film. So I think she's a really strong character. Yeah. Well, he even questions Teddy in the scene we're in the car. Yeah. And I mean, Teddy's the only one that's been consistent. I know he's got short-term memory loss, so he doesn't know this, but every time Teddy would say to her, like, don't trust her, don't trust her, she's dodgy. He would he, like yeah. refuse to believe it every time. Yeah, no, I think that the review made some like weird points that like he said about it being like a knockoff of Rashomon, did he say? He said something about- like, Not as strong as Rashomon. Not as strong as Rashomon. Which is a weird comparison, because like, okay, the only comparison I can see there is, oh, these are two movies that play with structure. Rashomon follows a structure of an incident that's occurred, and then we see the same incident played out through different people's perspectives yeah. and their opinions on it. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. It's probably one in my top ten. It's incredible. But I don't see any relation yeah. other than that. Like, yeah, he's playing with structure, but loads of films are played with structure. That's like the tr them people trying to push the form. I think it's more of like a comparison of these both do that thing, but this one does it way better than this one. Yeah, but like it's still not doing the same thing. I guess, I guess so. It plays with structure, yeah, but it's not doing the same structural tricks, do you know what yeah, I'm saying, that he's doing. If they said irreversible, then maybe I could have, that's the only one I can think of that's sort of done that same sort of backward structure yeah. off the top of my head. But I don't think that at all. And then uh, he said about it has like, it, all the characters sort of cliched and like tropes he was saying about, but like the films he listed all have the same tropes of a noir, the untrustworthy like femme fatale type he said the um, suspects as well didn't he yeah yeah the uh, untrustworthy sort of detective type yeah. characters and but I think what makes separates this differently is this we're suffering from memory loss I think it's a really yeah. clever way to play with it this guy it's a detective story but really it's just a guy trying to figure out who murdered his wife but he has short term memory loss like that's that's a yeah. completely different movie like that's, some, that's something different with the genre yeah. that I think is clever and smart I don't think I think he's very I think he's dumbing down the movie quite a bit the characters I don't think are cliche 
at not all. Not at all, no. And I think it's good because you root for this character straight away. You understand where he's coming from. And slowly as the movie goes backwards and we reveal yeah. he's actually a bit of a dick. Yeah. And I think I like that. I mean, I know like him usually in these sort of film noir, like they're usually like quite anti-hero from the start. But you know, you pretty much know who they are from the start as it goes yeah. along. Whereas this, like you reveal more about him as it sort of, obviously you're revealing more character with each bit you learn. You're just as much discovering the story as you are discovering about Leonard. And I think that's what's really interesting. Obviously that happens in a lot of films, like you're discovering more about the character, of course, but most of the time it's about joining them on this journey throughout their arc. But in this film, it's we're slowly understanding yeah. this guy's sort of motives and what is actually going on. And it's got that very clever thing of, you know, like Robert McKee says that narration is usually like, you don't use it in films, yeah. like in, when you write stuff, unless it's like an unreliable narrator, that's when it's yeah, good. Okay. And this is the perfect, perfect one of the, example, my favorite right? examples of yeah. an unreliable narrator. The other one probably being like Fight Club or something, yeah. where um, you can't trust a word this guy's saying <laughs> because he doesn't even know himself yeah, he because he has short-term <laughs> memory loss. So but it really draws you in. And I think, yeah, I, 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 I don't agree with those points at all. He I'm trying to think of any points that he made that I feel like he were, were fair. Well, he kept but. saying that anti-hero is as, a ne- as if that's a negative thing. But I mean, I love... That's I love a trope an, of a noir. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh. And I love an anti-hero as well. Like. Yeah, like Philip Marlowe in The Big Sleep and the Raymond Chandler books. Like, he's not yeah, exactly. a good guy. You know what I mean? It you makes the character so much more interesting yeah, when yeah. there's two sides to them. Like, you, no, exactly. you see both sides. But that's what I love about this character as well. As you said, you discover more about him as it goes yeah. on. And then, like, at the end, you get a reveal... Of him being a completely different person to the person you thought you was following the yeah. whole time. And that's the sort of twist. And, uh, and I think it plays off really well. Like, I love when they sort of do that trope of finding out what their true motive is. Like, yeah. uh, one of my favourite films, uh, Once a Time in the West, uh, we're following Charles Bronson as he's going after Henry Fonda in this Western. You don't know why, though. And he's called the man yeah. in harmonica and he just turns up. And you, you don't really know why he has this cool harmonica and, he, and he's on his way to kill Henry Fonda. Like, what's Henry Fonda done? Obviously not every fun of himself. I just can't remember his name at the moment. And then the film reveals yeah. his motive and it's one of my favourite things ever. And so anyway, I think what I liked about this is is that you reveal that he's actually refusing to accept to like, accept his reality. Yeah, yeah it, it reminds me of this, uh, I read this, this book by John York called Into the Woods where he talks, it's like a screenwriting book, yeah. he talks about like facades and he talks about like great characters create a facade like for example, we all as humans have a who we think we are, yeah. and who we really are, who we who we betray ourselves out to the people, and who we actually are. Like a great example of that is like David Brent in the office. Yeah. Like he <laughs> thinks everyone loves him, and, and that he's a laugh, <laughs> and he's like an entertainer, and really everyone hates him, and he's a crap boss. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. and uh, and that's what I liked about this is like he has that line. I think when Teddy says to him that the reveal, the big reveal at the end. I think this film really plays on that kind of facade thing. Teddy says to him, like, you'll tell yourself lies to make yourself feel better. Don't worry, we all do it. Like, because it's revealed that... Spo- sorry, what, spoilers, obviously, if you've seen it anyway. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're going to be clever. Yeah, you're spoiled. Spoiled. <laughs> we're spoiled, we're spoiled anyway. But yeah, um, he knows that, that he's already killed his wife's murderer. Well, not his, well, he's, well, not his murderer. One of the rapists. One of the rapists, because he, he killed his own wife, because he is Sammy Jenkins. And that he sets up all these murders to make him believe in this world because it's easier to live in that world where he didn't do yeah, that than the truth than the truth of him actually being the one that killed his own yeah, wife yeah I know that like I just really like how he just sort of chooses at the end to forget who he really is to sort of 
justify his own existence almost yeah. like yeah, to make him feel morally yeah. like because he hasn't got anything else no no he doesn't do. have anything like, so he makes this his life yeah, it's yeah. like um, there's it's actually, a tragedy the, really yeah. the film is, uh, Natalie actually says to him at one point if you kill him talking about the killer you're not going to remember it and he says it doesn't matter my wife deserves vengeance the whole world doesn't just stop when you close your eyes which in a way I feel like his, his world has stopped when his wife died his world has stopped and this is him He's sort of just going through the motions. Because it resets every time back to when his wife died. And he's still living in that moment. So he can't... He doesn't have a grasp of time. And it's never said in the movie how long of a gap it's been since his wife. It could have been months. It could have been years since that um, since his wife got killed. But you never know. It's because he, he doesn't have a sense of time. Because for him, every four minutes or so, it resets back to mm. when his wife died. So he has no sense of time. So... He's living in that present. What's going on right then? He's going through, and there's yeah. that throughout the movie they use it. Obviously, it's a serious movie, but I feel like there's some comedic, not comedic, but there's some points where you can sit back and sort of laugh at it, yeah. like um, the chase scene. Yeah, that's okay. a great. That's one. That's one of <laughs> that's my favourite really scenes. Uh, when uh, yeah, he's being yeah, he's, he's being, being chased, <laughs> and uh, he's like just woken up almost midway he's through like, the chase. Oh, yeah. what are we doing? He's oh, I'm chasing this guy. Yeah. And he pulls a guy he's like, no, he's chasing you know, me. He's, yeah. chasing, he's chasing me. <laughs> and then it's, like, it's just like, that's a really good play on a chase scene in yeah. a film. Like there's so many clever like twists and how yeah. to do certain scenes we've seen before, but like done differently. There's yeah. another one where he's waiting for, um, for Dodo to come back, which is one of the people Natalie gets him to kill by playing him. And he's sat on the toilet with a wine bottle ready to kill him. Yeah. And he forgets, obviously in that moment, he forgets why he's sat in the toilet yeah, yeah. for a wine yeah. bottle. So he's then, he sort of wakes up and got this wine bottle in his hand. He's like, I don't, I don't feel drunk. He's like, I don't feel yeah. drunk. And yeah. then he looks yeah. up, he's like, why am I in the toilet? Yeah. And, like, and then yeah. he comes through the door, he's like, oh, shit, yeah, 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 that's why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's not like, because he, like, he has the, the wine bottle and he's like, okay, I don't feel drunk, yeah. but I'm in the bathroom, so... Yeah, I smell. I'm gonna yeah. have a shower, yeah. and so Dodo comes back and he fights naked because yeah. he's like, "I just came out of the shower. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's going on?" Oh, he had a shower. He's so chill. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't yeah. even know it's not his hotel yeah. room. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a yeah. I just love that he's the facade that he creates. Like yeah. I was saying earlier, is the reason for the film almost. It's the reason that everything's going wrong is because yeah. he's refusing to accept who he really is, and that's why the movie exists. Yeah. And I think that's just. I think it's brilliant, and that's why ultimately he has this tragic ending because he's refusing to learn. Like I think, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, no, that's I think it's a very this this review really just sort of chucks it and says it's oh, it's a lot of these other movies, but he's tried to put a clever gimmick over it. I don't think that's that at all. I think it really not only does it do this sort of clever thing, but it also does that to give you certain perspective and character moments that you couldn't get otherwise, almost. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I feel yeah. like the person did the review. Obviously, it's down to interpretation, but I mm. feel like they really missed what this film was was about. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes you've just got to take a movie for for what it is. And I feel like a lot of people like to hate on it for like no... like I, I don't think it's used as a gimmick at all. And I know a lot of the reviews are probably going to call it a gimmick. But I feel like it's the driving force of... The way that this story is told really does drive the story like complete like completely the fact it's reversed is not a gimmick at all oh, yeah, like it needed to happen yeah. for the story to be told like yeah. it is it, it's the only way to make the story like as you said it's like it makes it interesting yeah. and it puts the audience in Lenny's shoes yeah. and if they told it in a linear structure it wouldn't be anything I've actually watched it in the right order okay 
like edit, re-edited so it's in the right order. Is it? Is it, it is, awful? Yeah, it's very, <laughs> very. I mean, it doesn't help that I know already. Mm. But yeah. I mean, it is just it becomes. I'd love to watch that actually. Mm. Um, I think it, there's it's an just a guy just pausing for a second. I think it's going, on them. Oh, I think it's what's going on? Online, oh yeah, there's an edit on. I watched it on YouTube, but this was like yeah, a little yeah. while ago. There's a yeah. pop fiction one as well. Is there? Yeah, yeah. But oh, yeah, in, in Chronicles yeah, of Chronicles Order. Order. Yeah, yeah, which I'd like to see. But no, <laughs> yeah. watch it because it's like becomes the most generic crime film I've ever seen. And the black and white scenes don't. They don't mix in it. I mean, it's just like they don't mix in it at all. And it did honestly watch it, but it becomes one of the most boring films I think I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but the one we're talking about yeah, is the one great. Yeah, yeah, it has all of the same scenes. Yeah. Thank God, Christopher Nolan. Knew <laughs> <what> <laughs> he knows what he's yeah. doing. He knows what he's doing. Okay, so this is the this is the nice one. This is the oh, two okay. star review. I like to oh. sprinkle them in occasionally, oh. just so you feel a little better that your film <laughs> yeah. is an absolute trash. <laughs> so this is two star Jeremy D. Memento seems like a jaw-dropping, breathtaking, and wonderfully crafted film at first. Until you start asking the right questions. <laughs> like, why exactly is it told backwards? Probably because chronologically, it's no different than any common murder mystery. Memento is horrendously flawed. And I'm not just talking about how... I love it. Yeah. How does he remember he has short-term memory loss fault? But there are a lot more. Leonard should be, like Mr. Jenkins, blissfully unaware of his condition, or at least not be able to remember he has it for more than a few minutes after being told. Furthermore, there is no way he could have remembered his method for taking pictures and making notes every time his memory refreshes. He should have to learn these methods every time his memory flips. And that's people. why it's here. Oh god. Okay, alright. Let's go. Keep going. And how does he remember that he's supposed to believe all that junk tattoo to his body? <laughs> I found this really hard to swallow. If I wake up each morning and discovered my whole body was covered with tattoos, I'd question who put them there and whether I should believe them or not. But Lenny never does, which struck me as absurd. The tattoos read that his wife was raped and murdered, and he doesn't even check the validity of it. In fact, he doesn't even react. It makes the so film... It's because he remembers yeah, his wife being raped and murdered. That's why. Yeah, this is... He knows what he's got. He knows... So, he's, his wife was raped and murdered. He's got memory t- short-term memory loss. Okay, maybe it makes a fair point about him remember. I don't know how short-term memory loss works in that sense. But... He clearly knows his wife was raped and murdered. So if he's wrote it across his chest, who else is going to have wrote it other than himself? Like he knows, like, yeah, he, knows he remembers. That's the, last the only thing he thinks tattoo of. that is, is backwards. Yeah. So that's probably the one that he yeah. did unprofessionally. I really wanted. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not murdered. Because obviously she she was yeah. like, murdered. But, but yeah, but he, he remembers the the rape. Yeah, you know what I mean? he'd so, read that she was ra- raped and murdered. Have that one memory of. Course. of him falling down next yeah. to her unconscious body and then go, yeah, those pieces fit. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. yeah. I, I really wanted this to come up because it's actually dressed in the film and plot holes, sometimes you can like gloss over them, but I feel like this film addresses all its plot holes. So he talks a lot about how he conditioned himself, but he uses, obviously he's talking about Sammy Jenkins at the time, and he talks about how he had to use repetition to keep going through it and to condition himself and that eventually, by doing that, 
you go it to a different instinct. Yeah, and it goes to a different part of the brain than short-term memory. It goes to your natural instinct. Um, so that's when all that shape stuff comes in when he's touching the shapes and they like, they like give him electric shock. So he talks about how he had to condition himself that every time he gets up, he checks, he has to check these Polaroids and he sees these tattoos. And he talks also about he learns to trust only his own handwriting. Yep. So that's yep, why, that, yeah. that's mm. why he knows that these are, mm. this is him writing on these Polaroids. He knows that's him writing it. So he can't get tricks. He's learned to trust his own handwriting. And even he doesn't always remember about the tattoos because then that time when he's on the phone and he looks yeah, down and yeah, it says, don't answer the, yeah, it says, don't answer the phone. So there is some that he actually does forget. So that shows yeah. that it's, it's, I don't think it's a plot hole at all. I think it really addresses the fact that he's learned to cope with what he's got. And that he talks about, he says, I've learned to cope with it, but Sammy Jenkins couldn't learn, which obviously you find out the same person, but. I mean, also you find out that his system is flawed. Yeah, like the system he's get, using doesn't work yeah, clearly. He, that's he why gets tricked in the film. Yeah, like. he's tricking himself into believing something, and Teddy's helping him trick himself into doing that. So, is it flawed or is he flawed? Because it is there is a um, which isn't flawed in terms of like, well, is he flawed? Obviously, believing who, who you're going to trust, and people can write th- well, well tell you what to write, and you can go, oh, this I've trust this guy for a bit. That's okay. I'll write this down, yeah. or I won't believe this person because he's told me to. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like. No, what I mean is when he's confronted near the climax, he has a he has like repeated like flashes of when he's remembering time with his wife. Mm. And one of those flashes is like fictitious. It's him with his wife. And he has a tattoo in the empty space on his oh, left yeah. pectoral, which says um, like I did it or he's dead mm. or something along those lines, yeah. which when he takes a picture of Jimmy at the beginning slash end, he could write that he did it and then go off, get that tattoo there, and then his his journey's over and he's yeah. finished. So it's oh yeah, of course, it's, yeah, it's yeah, also yeah, like yeah, he's his, his yeah, character is yeah, like flaw. Yeah, yeah, I want to forget so I can keep doing yeah. this and have a purpose, like you've both said. No, exactly. Yeah, it makes the film seem utterly inhuman and wooden. How does he know who to trust all the time? He shouldn't. There wasn't a single moment in the entire that kept me emotionally invested. Memento is needlessly more complicated than it should be and simply slips the emotional side of things. I mean, being emotionally invested in the film, I feel like, obviously, it's different for everyone, but I haven't met anyone that isn't invested. This film takes you on a journey and you feel like men- like mentally abused a little bit by the end of it. Like, <laughs> I literally felt like him. I remember the first time I watched this, I watched it, I don't normally do this, but I watched it on a plane on my iPad which uh, I've watched it since in like theaters, but I watched it and finished it. And for the rest of the flight, I just sat there and just stared straight ahead. Like, oh, out, like I was like out of it. I mean, people must have thought like I've taken something, <laughs> but I was just out of it, just staring and like, because this film, it gets you thinking. And I was invested throughout the whole thing. I didn't, I didn't blink throughout the whole thing. Like, like I, I, the story just kept me going. The characters, the way they developed throughout it just kept me going. So I, I don't know. I don't really agree. A lot of what he's saying. I think he was saying like about the characters. Do you buy the emotional? Yeah. Of, of, of the actual yeah. of, of the actual characters. I think what he's saying is not true at all because you have that scene which I think is emotionally heartbreaking when you see the Sammy Jenkins stuff. Yeah, yeah. When you when you're, you're seeing and watching that, that's a that's some powerful yeah, like that's, that's a really that powerful scene. Point. You actually feel invested and you care, and even though you've, you you. You're, you're being told a story about these characters, you're, you're caring about these yeah. people, even though eventually they are, to turn out to be him. Um, 
you are invested in these in these characters and you are emotionally invested in in Leonard because you've understand what's happened to him. Everything that's happened to him is horrible. Yeah. From what you know at the start and you what you want him to get almost his comeuppance like and you see all these people that are you can't trust anyone like he doesn't. You see those people that you feel like are always trying to mess him yeah. over and play with his, you know, his mind, even to the small extent of the hotel manager. Yeah, he but... was like, <laughs> like ripping him off for money. Like, yeah, yeah, but like yeah. that sort of sets up the tone for like, oh, in this movie, the audience, we can't trust anyone. And then you actually can't, not even Leonard at no, the end. Exactly. So, but, but I feel like you, you're brought on this emotional journey. You're brought on by the fact that you support him because something that's happened to him is awfully tragic and you want him to succeed yeah. in his plan of getting some comeuppance because like he's got like no life otherwise like this is his life this is it yeah I agree with that okay so this is a one and a half star from my namesake this is a Luke a Luke oh. hates this film and I'm sorry all the same yeah. yes, I never liked Luke so anyways go on yeah. Ooh, that, that <laughs> cuts me deep <laughs> this is fascinating given how such a novel idea and topic made so proficiently can be so completely boring, <laughs> gimmicked, and with dialogue more likely written by capture bots than human beings. I jumped ahead 10 minutes for giggles at one point and didn't lose a single step. Also, the number of people completely lost on this movie's plot is astounding. There isn't a single mindfuck about this, and I've never heard a peep about the plot. No wonder so many people call actually complex films and stories incomprehensible. If this is overwhelming, how the fuck does one handle Stalker 2001 or late period Finally, if you want a movie that is truly reverse, then pull up Happy End from the 60s Czech New Wave. I love it. I love this guy. This this fella is like <laughs> classic, classic pretentiousness. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, if you, you should watch a Tarkovsky movie yeah. or a Kubrick movie. Like, you, you obviously don't understand these. Yeah, like, yeah, he had to chuck 2001 in. Yeah, there, yeah, he's like, like, yeah, for no you have to, reason. You have to fucking stalk by Tarkovsky. <laughs> like, you have to understand this so deep. It's like, oh, it's like, there is no way he jumped halfway into this movie and was like, yeah, I still know what's going on. If you on. miss 30 yeah. seconds in this film, you will yeah. have no idea what's exactly, happening. Exactly, yeah, no. And like, a good film isn't always just necessarily about what the plot is as well. It's like this character journey you're going on. Yeah. To go back, like earlier you were saying about the characters, the emotional moment, the moment that always gets to me is when Leonard's sitting there and he says something like, how am I supposed to heal if I can't feel time? Yeah. Mm. That's what he says. That hits me every time he says that. I'm like, fuck, like, that, that sucks, yeah. man. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, how is he ever going to get over it when the first thing he remembers before he, his memory wakes up is his wife being raped? Do you know what I mean? It's like, what the hell? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's horrible. And this guy, this guy is saying, oh, it's got nothing, it's stupid, it's for dummies. <laughs> like, it's just, oh, mate. Do you know He's just, he's just some guy trying to show everyone that he's some sort of intellectual. Like, <laughs> and chuck in a few movies that are like good films like, just to show off oh, these things. Yeah. And he called it a gimmick. I knew he'd call it a gimmick in that review somewhere. And it's not a, it's not a gimmick at all. Um, like we've yeah. said already, it serves the character. It literally serves the character. Yeah. It literally serves the story. Like, it couldn't be less of a gimmick if it tried. Yeah. And the, di- the dialogue's great. Yeah. The dialogue's and really good. And like for a movie that you need to get a lot of sort of exposition across yeah i feel like they do it very smart because it's like 
what is, where am I? What is this? Yeah, and exactly. it's good because a good script is where, or a good noir as well, a detective story, a thriller, is when your the audience is constantly asking questions because you're constantly thinking, okay, yeah, what is, yeah. And but you're being fed the questions by it through Leonard that end up being not questions you should be asking. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I think is like, that's what's, that's what's brilliant about it yeah. and smart about it. And, and you ask the same questions that he asks yeah. and then it gets revealed to you and you're like, okay, like... Yeah. Oh, that's... <laughs> I'd love, I love it. I love it if he had said, if he could have said anything else. <laughs> he could have said anything else, but it's just because like, it's easy to hate on, like, it's easy to hate on Nolan and it's easy to hate on Fincher and Tarantino, all these big name directors. Somehow Kubrick slips through. I don't yeah. know. No, Because well, Kubrick's big, but people sort of use him as like... They use it as, in, as, as, well, as an intellect. Yeah. I don't, but he's a big commercial director. I don't understand why sometimes they... I feel Kubrick's one of those that you know what you're getting into. Like, he's, he's always going to have like a weird film that yeah. you're either going to like or you're going to dislike. And if you don't like most of his films, you're not going to watch the new one. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Whilst yeah. Nolan, of course, has Memento, which is a mind flick, and then Inception, which is a mind flick. And then... The Batman Dark Knight series, which is super commercial and is really big in Hollywood yeah. and everyone loves yeah. it. And so, like, if a new film comes out, if you like the Batman film, then you might go watch it, find out its inception and dislike it because that's not what you signed up for. Mm. Whilst Kubrick, it's like, oh, this is a weird film. Oh, this is a weird film. No, it is this that, is isn't it? probably going to be a it weird is, film. It is, the, it is the, the whole thing of, like, that Tarkovsky where it's like, Tarkovsky's one of those people that you either love or you hate as well. And, like... They always seem to like these directors that you either do love or you hate. Which that's why I find it. Yeah. Big, I, feel, I feel like everyone sort of loves at least one Kubrick film. But, but yeah, but you know what I'm saying though. Yeah. I just, and it's like, oh, you can't like this uh, this Nolan movie. It's not as smart as you guys think. Like you should watch this Tarkovsky movie. Like, yeah, like, they're both smart. Do you know what I mean? They're both smart <laughs> movies. Like, fuck's sake. Do you know what I mean? Um, well, it's incredibly smart. Yeah, like, it's incredibly smart. Well written. I mean, Unless it's told linearly. Yeah. Because yeah. then it's less smart. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, but like that, that he wrote that with it in mind. So this is going to be the last review. I'm oh. sorry, we flew by. Fl- I know it does. Mate, it does. It does. It's good fun, isn't it? Yeah. Did you have a good time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll oh, good time. You know, come back. This is from David Thomas. It's a half star. It's another long one. So mm. seatbelts, please. Christopher Nolan wants to mind fuck all of us. He doesn't want to do anything else, actually. Characters are only tools used to mess with our expectations, explain what shouldn't be explained. The only goal for his films is to confound his audience and thus convince them of his genius. I have come to these conclusions after watching all of his major releases, The Prestige, The Batman Trilogy, Inception, and lastly, Memento. I had supposedly saved the best for last. All of my Nolan fanboy friends had assured me it is his greatest work, greater even than the momentally hollow and absurd Dark Knight. As it turns out, Memento is a less refined version of his later works. It confuses the shit out of you before letting the pieces fall together in a terribly underwhelming expositionary speech given to the main character at the end of the movie. Take note, placing exposition at the end of a movie doesn't make you any more of a genius than if you spread it throughout. The same goes for plot structure, if you rearrange things into chronological order. Just how interesting would this movie be? The ending is so frustrating 
because of what you have been put through to get there. Incessant confusion must be endured to reach an unsatisfying conclusion. But the same uh, guy loves pop fiction. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Joey, you know I mean? like the, the structure is there purposely because it makes it an interesting movie and because you're put in the perspective of the character. I've said it, I'm repeating myself now, but, but you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I, don't, I don't quite get why people think this is just a gimmick that he's just slapped on and just to like make it. It's not there to mind fuck you. It's like there. It's not there. It, it serves the <laughs> yeah. character. The character literally suffers from short term memory loss, so he doesn't know what yeah. has just happened. Yeah. So you, as the audience, are supposed to not know. And it makes what the film a happened. lot more enjoyable because yeah. you're figuring it out with, with him. him. Like, like you're going along the journey with him, like you would. Like you different... would in a good noir. Yeah. Like... As I said, if they didn't do it, he would go through the whole film looking like a clueless idiot, and there's no way that you would be able to relate to the character because he's a clueless idiot detective. To make matters worse, Guy Pearce's Leonard is unable to convey grief of any sort, and I never really got the sense that he was actually confused about anything. I suppose that might somehow fit in with the film's conclusion, but the entire point of withholding major plot points is that the audience was being fooled all along, and is subsequently stunned by the final exposition. For reasons I cannot articulate, I find his on-screen presence to be extremely annoying. I, I just want to touch on that. So, um, I think this is his best performance, Guy Pearce, in any film. I think after his LA Confidential, for me personally, after this. But I think the performance in this is great. And yeah, it's a good performance. Like, because it's such a hard thing for him to have to do. Because I mean, like mm. every time someone talks to him, he's got to seem as if he doesn't have a clue what's just happened. I feel this performance is great. I feel like he actually conveys the character and the emotion the character would be going through. Excellent. And there was not a moment where I was taken out of the film and I thought that that's terrible acting. I never thought that one bit. I feel like all the performances are great, including Guy Pearce especially. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. I also just want to give a shout out to the, uh, the score. I really yeah. like the score of this film, yeah, no, like, yeah. especially with the stuff in the, the sort of black and white sections yeah. and real time sections where it's like this weird... Like it's really weird noise. Like I can't, I can't quite describe it. It's a, it's a really weird <laughs> yeah, score, but like it really puts you into the world. This weird world that we're put into. Like that's clearly because it's weird. It is a real world, our real world sort of thing. But it is its own little thing. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Memento's plot structure, as described above, is the perfect example of why Nolan is such a middling director, and at the same time, such a popular one. His films are sophisticated works of intellectual artifice. When closely examined, they are found to be consistent of unoriginal thought and cheap tricks. Most of Nolan's viewers never get past the exterior and end up mistaking his cleverness for creative genius, his gimmicks for original ideas. People liked Inception because it seemed clever and smart. Every detail was explained by the characters whose only role is to explain things to the audience. The end result is a movie that answered every question it asked and was still rife with plot holes and inconsistencies. Oh, <laughs> plot holes drive me mad. Yeah, okay. People loved it, however, because Nolan had fooled them into thinking they had seen a mind-bending, thought-provoking work of art. They hadn't. Inception, like Nolan's other films, is mass-marketed gimmickry disguised as original filmmaking. Compared to Nolan's other films, 
Memento is the least compromising, though none the better for it. Because it lacks the flourish of his later films, Memento is as unfiltered a look at Nolan as one can get. There is no overwrought Hans Zimmer score, no Heath Ledger, no Batman, none of the special effects of Inception, and Willie Fister's photography is atrocious. Willie Fister. <laughs> Willie Fister. Fuck that up. And Wally Fister's photography is atrocious. Um, well, he just said the other movies are beautiful. I mean, including the Dark Knight ones, didn't he say? <laughs> the Dark Knight was, as far as my knowledge goes, was the cinematography was done by Wally Fister. Yeah. Oh, so Wally Fister did, did the Dark Knight yeah. and he did this one. Yeah, so yeah he's, he's just praised. Yeah. So he's, so he said then, that Wally Fister sucks. Yeah, he's atrocious Even in that. Even though he said that the, other film, yeah, the other film was great, it looked great. But this one didn't because it was by Wally Fister, even though Wally Fister did both. Yeah, yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. Nolan was an even worse writer at the time, and the dialogue in his later films seems like pure poetry in comparison. <laughs> if you need a film to convince you that Christopher Nolan is the most overrated director of our time, this is surely the one. P.S., Joe Pantolino is awesome. The end. All right, okay. All right, so Nolan being an overrated thing, I mean, he's made, like, some of the biggest classics of... I mean, who... If you're looking at today's... If you look at today's standards of, of filmmakers and films that are coming out, who's doing the biggest blockbusters that are original Still, I like, piece of art, pieces mm. of art still. You've got Tarantino, you've got Fincher, you've got Nolan... Like they're the yeah. If you don't no, include Nolan in your top, Nolan's really like the he. I know he loves he loves Kubrick and that's one of his influences. But in terms of the way he's trying to push film and filmmaking, and he's yeah. trying to get everyone out their asses and go into the cinema. That's what one of the reasons I love about him is like even if I necessarily didn't like the plot of one of his uh, his films, it, you're going to get some sort of spectacle or some sort of impressive filmmaking. That he's going he forces you to leave your house and go see the films in the cinema. Like these these are films you want to see in the cinema. And I think to say that he's overrated, I think it's crazy. Obviously, it's a, a, an opinion and stuff. And I do get that some people do proper like gush over it, yeah. Nolan, but I do think it's well deserved some of it. I mean, he pushes the boundaries of what films can do, and like in terms of his spectacles and the scope and the ideas he's he's trying to create. Like he's trying to create different worlds and be original with yeah. this stuff. And I, and I, I hundred, I appreciate that like a lot. And I think Memento is a smaller scale version of what he does now. But obviously it was like his first sort of film, so he doesn't get the budget he, yeah. you know, he does now. Well, the guy touched on it and there, he said it's like unfiltered Nolan. And I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's what I love about this film. Yeah. It's like Nolan, at his, for me personally, at his finest, because it's before anything. Yeah. This no, is I agree. pure from his idea. Like yeah. with Batman, I love what he did with the whole Dark Knight. But, I mean, there was an original sort of story that he had to go off. This is completely from Nolan and that's what I love about this film so I think there's nothing wrong with this being unfiltered Nolan as he said but he yeah, said it, it was a negative yeah and it is a, a very intelligent film but it's not an intelligent film where it's like annoyingly intelligent and winking at the audience sort of thing mm. like it, it's it's really well crafted the filmmaking is, is is brilliant like every way he tells the story he doesn't, he's not just telling you through the, the dialogue and the narration, which are usually red flags in terms of like being exposition heavy, he's showing you through the photos and and things, and you're trying to figure out everything. You got a bottle? What's going on here? Like trying to figure out as much as the character is. Okay, yeah. At the end, you have that big sort of exposition 
Stump. feel, but it's like, like it doesn't feel out of place because yeah. ca- it's not like the the characters like exhibition doesn't work when the characters sort of you already assume they already know that. Mm. Like, but when if, if yeah, I yeah, go yeah, Jamie, oh Jamie, like you work here and it's crazy that you work here. Did you know that you worked here and <laughs> did all these things and crazy? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I did them. Yeah, that's like. He knows that. Why are we having a conversation about? It? We both know this. Do you know what I mean? That, and, but it's because of the audience yeah. needs to know. He doesn't yeah. do that. This character needs to know this information because he's about to do something drastic yeah. and he has short-term memory loss. So I think at that point, it, I mean, the fact that he held off exhibition so long throughout the film yeah, exactly. to give it this one big moment, I mean, it's pretty bloody impressive. Because like, you're sort of chucked into it a little yeah. bit. Like you wake up and he's so confused, and you're obviously confused with him because you don't know what's happening. But normally they use other characters yeah. to find out exposition. But in this you can actually use our main character yeah. to find out the exhibition of him because he doesn't have a clue what's actually happened to him. Like you can get exposition through. It, like people, Characters can give exposition. It just depends about how you do it. So I think there's a thing, a, a video I watched before on how um, Game of Thrones does it quite yeah. cleverly. They, they call, they've sort of coined the term sex position. Yeah. Where a character will be spilling off exposition, exposition whilst there's a sex scene. In the background. Yeah. And like that sums up like clever exposition or like, a character in a movie will be telling you exposition whilst you know there's a bomb under the table or something, for example, like a Hitchcock yeah. example. That you get away with it because there's not just that one element of just people sitting talking in a room. There's another element. And this film has that other element of he's got short term memory. He needs to know this because otherwise shit's going to go, you know. Get exactly. Out. And to pause you yeah. very quickly, I love, I'm loving this gushing. <laughs> uh, hold yeah. it just for like a couple minutes okay. because now it's time for Jamie to gush and give us a five star review. Because okay. all the negatives are over. So what's your, like, why should anybody watch this film? We've just heard that it's gimmicky and, and crap. So right. what's your take? So <laughs> so I feel anyone that's seen a Nolan film before, if you haven't seen this, you have to see it. This is where his original work, this is where he was discovered from. Everything that you see him do nowadays originated with this. If you haven't seen a Nolan film before, then this film is a film that will stay with you forever. Like, as soon as you've seen this film, you can't stop not thinking about this film. As soon as I saw this film, the only thing I thought about for hours after was this film. And it's one of the films that you can keep re-watching. And it, for me personally, it doesn't get boring. Like, you keep re-watching this film, it stays interesting. You see different things that you wouldn't see before. And it's the first time that I've seen this reverse narrative, this non-linear narrative told in such an effective way and this film stayed with me so if you haven't seen this film I feel like you really do need to give it a chance don't listen to the reviews that we've just heard <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to the reviews yeah, don't just listen to anyone else listen to me <laughs> Charlie thoughts? it's a classic in my opinion it's a classic it's a classic film it's in the top 250 films of on IMDb I mean that doesn't mean anything. I, was, I thought it, you were going to say of your list it, mean <laughs> it, it is it actually is it's probably in my top yeah top 200. Yeah, pretty. It might even be in my top 100. It might. Oh. I mean, I think it's a bloody, I think it's a classic. I think it's a I think it's clever. I think it's a it's very plot heavy, but it's quite character driven. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Nolan maybe in his later, later years sort of has lost that a few times. Um, not all the time. Um, but like maybe in like Inception, but I think it's cuz it's so plot heavy, you need to have these yeah, it needs to be that kind of movie. Um, I love Inception, but um, I think this movie has that perfect balance that you said earlier of, of just what Nolan does sort of thing. He might not have the scowl of some of his other movies, but it definitely has the, the, the very, the wit. I mean, I, I, yeah, it's one of my favourite films. Um, yeah, I think it's a classic and a sensual watch, I would say. 
So, um, Luke, what did you think about it? Yeah, so I agree with most of your points. I can see where all the negatives coming from. Personally, I feel, and I think this is also because it's one of his earlier works, it is like a little bit like longer than it needed to be. It's like a two-hour film. I feel like you could have, if current Nolan had it, he'd be able to like shine it down and like have it a little bit more compact. Just really? It, yeah, I like it got. I feel it would be a solid ninety-minute film, but as it's like currently like just just under two hours, I feel it just goes on that little bit too long, and I found myself really? nearing the end, just like having already pieced everything together and like looking at my phone. What, like, what how bit much would you have taken out? Really? Is any I feel like it's a bit of a Chinese puzzle where it's like I feel like I would have it. taken out the scene where he gets the prostitute to put okay, the, the wife's that. stuff around so that he can have that like weird existential crisis where he's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, I can move on," but then he's already moving on and like it, and then he burns all the stuff, forgets now, see, what I he's need, burning. I think you need that. But then he forgot I, what he okay, no, no, but you need that because, because... The only reason you need that scene is so that he's out and about so that Dud can find him. That is the only reason. No, no, if you're thinking about it as a plot thing, I'm, I'm thinking about it as a, from a character point of view. But you then need that moment you can't of have breather. a character point of view for that... a character that forgets every 20 minutes. Of course you can, like for the audience. But like, I, I think it's a, I think it's a, bit, a moment for us to breathe and sort of understand how does he feel. Like he's it's sort of, stop, let's stop all this plot stuff going on and try to figure out stuff. Let's actually sit and be like, Let's have him reflect about yeah. what's actually ha this tragedy has happened to him, and that's what I like about that scene personally. Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't think you can take it. I get, I get your, I think it's. I get your point. Yeah. I get your point though. Sorry, but, but yeah, yeah, no, not I, to shut you down, I've, but like, yeah, no, that's, how, that's just fair. I just yeah. feel like maybe not take it out, but it could like scenes could have been rewritten yeah. to make you have those moments that would have been better told and would have shortened the film altogether. Like yeah. if. Modern Nolan rewrote this film, it wouldn't be the length it is now. It would be shorter and it would be. Do you think clear. so? I mean, he's, yeah. he's, I, mean I think it might be. I mean, long. yeah, well, Interstellar is like in a, in a an example of a perfect world of Nolan <laughs> keeping everything like clean and concise, then it would, but maybe Interstellar it would be longer. Yeah. It'd be three I mean, hours. Yeah. I'd be crying. It's a near perfect movie, but I think it goes on a little tad too long. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm surprised you bring that because I think yeah. this is actually one of his most tight films, I think. Yeah. 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 But, anyway, hey. yeah. Jamie, do you have anything to plug? Do you want people to find you? Well, uh, probably for now, my Instagram. I mean, Instagram? I have um, a website that's going up soon. So I'll put that on Instagram once that goes up live. So my Instagram is underscore Jamie Tarr. Tarr spate, T-A-R-R. So yeah, everything about me and like films. I've always got some films coming out. Everything about that is going to be on my Instagram. So check out my Instagram. Perfect. And Charlie, where can people find us if they so desire? They can find us on Twitter at Fave Film is Awful. Find us on Instagram, Your Favorite Film is Awful. And Facebook uh, is the same. Yeah, and just uh, listen on all podcasting platforms. Amazing. Uh, are we all happy? Yeah, yeah, absolute yeah. pleasure to be on. I mean, yeah. I didn't know what I was getting into, but... That's fine. It was, it was a good surprise <laughs> yeah, I for thought I'd come around for PS4, but I mean, <laughs> much better nope. than what I came for. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you.